Hi, welcome to the Joyful Balance podcast. Uh, this podcast is all about the intersection between neuroscience, psychology and nutrition. Um, and we're here to take you all on a journey all about your mind, your brain and your body and how all of these three things are interlinked. You're here with um, your co-host, I'm Mira. I'm a neuroscientist and a nutritionist that specializes in nutrition for mental well-being. I've got my wonderful co-host here, Denise. Denise is a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist. So we're your dream team to take you all on a journey, all about your mind and your brain, and we're going to help you put it all together just as much as we're doing it for ourselves. So welcome. Today, we're going to be talking all about self-talk. Absolutely. But How bef- important it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this conversation is going to go. <laughs> but first and foremost, how are you doing, Denise? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah, for those of you not knowing i wasn't in the uk for quite a while Mm -hmm. so i'm here for a little while now and uh, yeah it's readjusting i bet (laughs) it's uh, it's interesting i have to say yeah (laughs) because yeah without giving away too much denise looked like she was on a stunning island uh (laughs) and yeah to to come back but you know what at least you come back in the middle of a heat wave i i did i did uh that's good for my tan (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) but Look, heat wave in London is not like a heat wave on an island. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from that point of view, it's uh, it's good to be back. It's uh, definitely different yeah. to be back after getting used to being somewhere else. But yeah, good. How, how are you doing? Well, I'm happy to have you back, first of all. Thank you. Uh, even if it means I had to drag you away from a beautiful island. But no, I'm doing all right. I am... Uh, co- I think this is going to be a really interesting discussion, actually, for me. And I'm going to be as open as I possibly can. But I'm also on the countdown because I'm actually going away at the end of this week. I'm so excited. It's like my first, like, I've been on a flight since COVID, but I've not been on holiday since COVID. So Mm -hmm. I had to fly for work, which wasn't quite the same. So I'm, I'm, I like literally cannot believe I'm like three days away from being on a beach. I know. I'm so lucky. That sounds so amazing when you say it. (laughs) I know. It's ridiculous. Um, So yeah, all good. Good, 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 good. And what are you telling yourself in preparation for this uh, journey? Journey on this podcast? No, on the holiday. Oh, uh, try and have fun. Uh, I think I'm a, I I have told you, I'm a bit of a nervous flyer. It's no shock to anyone because I'm nervous about everything. Uh, Please refer back to the previous podcast episode where I talk about my little journey to a psychiatric hospital. Um, But... Yeah, so I'm a little bit nervous about a few things, but I'm telling myself, like, you know what? You'll get there and you'll be so happy you're there and you're just going to enjoy yourself, do what you want to do, be as healthy as you want to be. Just just, just take it each moment as it comes and just enjoy it. Just absolutely enjoy it. Great, yeah. great. I'm, I'm really pleased to, to hear you say that because uh, self-talk is super important. Oh, yes. And that is what we want to talk to you about, guys, today. So why what we say to ourselves matter? Mm -hmm. And I would ask you, why do you think what we say to ourselves matters? Because it can either be productive or counterproductive, so helpful or unhelpful, right? Because if you're talking to yourself in a really negative way, like, I can't do X or this won't work out... Um, you're setting yourself up to make things so much harder for yourself in like so many ways. So A, you're going to feel really rubbish and B, you're going to be less, you're going to have less confidence to do the thing that it is that you want to do in order to feel like you're going to achieve something. So for me, a big one 
as an example, and I may be already derailing the conversation, so apologies if I am, but uh, it's like exercise for me is always feels really intimidating, like going to the gyms, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to get back into going. And like, so I'm having to tell myself, everyone else's opinion of what I'm doing doesn't matter. As long as I'm feeling comfortable, safe, I'm pushing myself to a, ma- a point that I want to push myself and I'm not overdoing it, like feeling under pressure to overdo it, mm-hmm. then I'm still doing a really good job. But mm-hmm. the temptation when I walk into the gym is to feel like, oh my God, everyone's going to be looking at me. They're going to think my technique's really off. Like they're going to be, you know what I mean? Like, all these like weird, like paranoia thoughts, I guess, in a way. But hmm. but actually approaching that with being like, it's okay. And like almost coaching myself helps me calm down and actually just do the thing. Mm. Yes. And that is one of the, you know, best techniques that people can deploy when they are trying to improve their self-talk but I think what I'm envisioning Mm -hmm. and what you mentioned is really relevant is that we will also give you guys some tips and tricks on how to start this journey of uh, you know improving your self-talk and also becoming more aware of your self-talk and that's where all of what you've just mentioned will come in extremely handy because it's you know first first hand um, examples but before we, we do that, before we go there, I just wanted to tell you a little story about self-talk. And I stumbled upon a, um, a quote not too long ago from a relationship coach. Her name is Lisa Hayes. And she literally said, be careful how you talk to yourself because you're listening. Mm. And that's where I would like to start the journey of talking about why does it matter. It's because, you see, when you hear other people's opinions and ideas and words that they address to you, yeah, you always have the chance to accept them or refuse them. Mm-hmm. You have the option to say, you know what, I believe that person, they have my best interest at heart and I should take care and I should do whatever they you know, recommend you. Or you can just go like, you know what, forget about it. It's mm. not interesting for me. However, with yourself, you don't have that freedom. Nope. Whatever you say to yourself, whatever you, you actually engage with when I'm talking about self-talk or you can call it the inner voice or inner narrative or whatever other words you you use to describe it to yourself those words that you say to yourself in your mind are always always listened to Mm -hmm. and if it's like a broken record as Mira was just saying if you have um, you know I'm not going to be good at this I'm not really good at I don't know math and if you say that on repeat for a long period of time, or even if it just for a few weeks, you will, yeah. Well, your brain's <laughs> wired to keep that thought running, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will continue, but that we are on a loop. And whenever somebody will come externally and say, look, but you're really good at math because you've said it for so long to yourself and mm. you've always been listening, yep. you will disregard them. Yeah. And that is one of the, I think, most important things that I would like people to take away from this is that you and your voice to yourself are the most influential person to yourself. Mm. So whatever you believe and you say to yourself in your mind, it's much more important than whatever the rest of the universe can tell you. 
And isn't there like a cog- like almost a cognitive bias where you'll look out for stuff to confirm that belief? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's the that's the point and in <laughs> in in therapy and psychology we call it self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Because we go on on the journey, I'm really bad at this, I'm really bad at this, I'm really bad at this. And guess what? You are going to be very bad at it. Or you'll find the one instance where you were bad at it and you'll disregard the nine times that you were amazing. Absolutely. Because what you are looking for is this confirmation bias and you're looking for the self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's like, "Ah, I told myself I'm not going to be able to do it. And in a very weird, twisted way you get reward from that in a very weird, twisted way because you were right in thinking X and it fulfilled as you thought about it, you're going to get the hit of pleasure, although you didn't want that outcome. So let's say, for example, you have to have a presentation right in front of people and you're thinking from the set, okay, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. I'm going to lose my words. People will start laughing. And, you know, you, you just have all of these negative ideas in your mind and you repeat them to yourself. I'm no good. I'm not worth being on that stage. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to do this, this and this. Well, once that comes to life and it happens, meaning you stumble, you don't do the right presentation, you feel, you know, really uncomfortable on that scene. When it comes to fruition in the way that you imagined it, yeah, you get a hit of pleasure because you're like thinking, ah, exactly what I said to myself happened. Yeah, I like, I would definitely say I identify with that in the way like when I was in the depths of, and I'll try not to be too dark, but like when I was in the depths of my depression, like I definitely felt I got some really weird sadistic pleasure out of being so horrible to myself. And like, I really had to work very hard to pull myself out of that. Um, So yeah, I can totally imagine that being a thing. Like, yeah. It, it unfortunately that's how our why uh, that's how we are wired mm. we look for confirmation even when you think about political views so this is not so much about self talk but outwards you know when you share your views you kind of tend to go along with people who have the same views as you yeah and one of the things that is always encouraged is to see people from different perspectives, different ideas, different beliefs, because that what what we use a lot in, in therapy is sowing doubt. Hmm. Because that's so doubt in the sense of, oh, so what I believe is not necessarily true for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then by having that slight doubt in your mind, you're like, oh, so maybe let's look at it from this perspective. And you start to problem solve sometimes when you need to problem solve. But if you are, imagine in a world where everybody believes the same things that you, you say to yourself the same things as everybody else, there is no doubt. That's what you're going to become. Whatever you think, whatever other people around you are. Because it's exactly... You know, it's like a norm. Yeah, I t- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't get out of the norm because everybody's the same. Therefore, yeah, there's no point in having a different perspective. Yeah. But we don't live in that world. We, we, we live in a very dynamic, diverse world where everybody has their views. And the same thing applies to our own self-talk because we can grow up with it in a certain way or maybe we learned in childhood that we really should be quiet when we wanted to be very loud yeah. or you know somebody told you you're bad because you I don't know broke a vase or something and you maybe internalize that and then whenever something happens you think oh I'm bad yeah and you say that to yourself on repeat 
and don't forget you are always listening mm-hmm. and then whenever it happens again in adulthood and in everyday life the first thing you think is oh i'm bad yeah and that is why it's so it matters because whatever we say to ourselves it affects our emotions yeah it affects our mood absolutely it affects uh, our actions our thoughts because you you know you can go into that spiral of almost like you know i'm bad therefore i'm not worthy therefore therefore so you yeah. get those thoughts Sp- in a spiral, spiral. Yeah, yeah that absolutely happens to me all the time guys all the time and then ultimately it affects your performance mm-hmm. and of course goes without saying your confidence your self esteem and you know and in some instances you try to seek that validation that confirmation from other people and then when you look around you you realize that they are not providing you with the challenge to change your thought pattern or to change your self talk they're actually confirming yeah. what you already think about yeah, yourself so it just in deep deepens that unfortunately yeah, yeah 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 so what i'm wondering is are you aware of the talk you have with yourself only through therapy so before i definitely wouldn't have been aware or like I I'm what's the word like I'm an overthinker and an overanalyzer and mm. like it's only because of therapy that I've learned to put space but some space between what becomes a thought spiral and what my therapist kind of encourages me to to, to she starts to sow those seeds of doubt mm-hmm. and I've learned to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not always able I don't think I'm always able to like stop the thought spiral but at least now I know it's happening. and i know that there are things that i need to do mm-hmm. to either sit with it or to distract myself or like or just find ways to work around it i've got a whole heap of tools of course of course and that's the that's the benefit for for those of you who have never uh, um, been to therapy or don't know much about psychology or you know coaching or counseling one of the principles in in all of these is to become more aware and that i, I would say that is sometimes the number one step everybody needs to take when they start this journey of self discovery is becoming more self aware totally and realizing where are the thoughts where are the emotions feeling the emotions because not everybody has that you know inbuilt capacity some people are dissociated from them and after you get the awareness piece as mira was just saying you get a tool of a toolbox of things Yeah, if case this happens then yeah. you, you have know what to do xyz yeah exactly you have a problem solving toolkit can i ask you a question sure. it's a bit random but like did you find that your self awareness was already good before you started training or you found that it massively improved like during/post training the difference is so that i'm taking a long gap because the difference is <laughs> so huge yeah <laughs> it's all it's it's i don't know if there is anything bigger than night and day yeah. <laughs> but i would say that okay i so i have always talked to myself yeah i've always had this you know elaborate conversations with myself sometimes out loud like mm. a lot of people do when Absolutely. you're you know cleaning around the house and you're just saying to yourself i have to remember to do x y or z or then you're thinking oh why how did i depend got here and then you you're saying it out loud so i've always had this with myself since 
I don't know, for forever. Mm. But I was never aware of the words that I was addressing to myself. Mm. As in, I wasn't aware that between all of these you know, mundane conversations I was having with me, I would slip one of those, oh, you're worthless. Right, yeah. Well, not worthless. I think my words were more in the sense of, you can't do this. Yeah. It wasn't so much about worth. It was just in terms of you can't do it. It's going to be very difficult. Oh, so many problems. And universe was like, yeah, challenge accepted. More problems. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I had a really huge change of perspective as soon as we started talking about self-talk. But it wasn't in the way we're doing it now. The way it started for me with my therapist at the time, and it wasn't in training, it was when I was doing therapy. Mm. She gave me a tool, which was basically to evaluate what I say to myself through the eyes of my best friend. Mm. So it was something similar with write down... Um, today, the things you've done or you uh, you know you accomplished or things you're happy or unhappy about, and then see them as if your best friend was listening to you and giving uh, you her or his input. Yeah. Because what we all do at some point is we are so super harsh with ourselves. Yeah. Beyond critic is really harsh. We it's say some really horrible things yeah, to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I think for me, like my big thing has always been around failure. Mm. Like I really fear failure, like anything, and like, yeah. So for me, like if I if I haven't like quote unquote achieved, um, yeah, that sense of like you're a failure, you're a failure, you're a failure really creeps in. Mm. Uh, and so then yeah, I totally identify with what you're saying. And then probably the words you're addressing to yourself are not just failure; they will be probably more. Yeah, yeah. Hard was that. That's what my point is. That you wouldn't tell a friend. Absolutely. You wouldn't rock up to your friend and say, "Ah, you failed at this podcast. You rubbish." You wouldn't do that. You would go there with compassion, with empathy, with curiosity. You would try to problem solve with them. Mm -hmm. You will sow doubt because you will remind them of all of those many times when they succeeded and they can't see it because this thing failed. Therefore, their whole life failed. Yeah, you've just got that negative mental filter, haven't you? Yeah. And and that's what happened to me. I Mm -hmm. started, I had to start practicing because it was a practice. I started from nothing, guys. I mean... Same here. (laughs) I I had no awareness of the words that I was saying to myself. And then slowly, slowly, I was like, oh, so if I was my best friend, I would say this. Mm. I would be, oh, I'm so proud of you that you managed to wash your dishes before 12 noon. It's not a huge accomplishment by no means. And that's what I think is very important to punctuate is when you want to change your self-talk or your inner voice or your narrative, you don't have to start huge. No, I won the Olympics, therefore I can start changing my inner conversations now. No, you can start with little things and just trickle in. Oh, I'm so proud that you showed up on time with yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's interesting because like uh, the type of um, you know sort of therapy that I've done focuses a lot around this idea of like reparenting. So you know the idea of like you 
grow up in a, a certain scenario where perhaps, hmm. and I'm not saying this is true for me, but like as in where perhaps you didn't quite always get the praise that would have been helpful. So you learn to do that for yourself. And that's kind of a little bit about what you're talking about, isn't it? Like, yes. it's that sense of, you know, you in having more awareness around the self-talk, you learn to put space in between the thoughts. And then, you know, whether you do it with a therapist or by yourself, you say you, you the doubts and you, you start to see the other um thoughts you can have around the same thing but actually what I've learned is actually rather than taking it I guess from the point of view of a best friend it's almost as I almost parent myself so like Mm. it's kind of the same thing but a little bit different in in the fact that I'm very caring towards myself so it's like like you're saying like if I've had a bad day but all I've managed to do is wash the dishes or whatever like yeah, that's still an achievement. I think I just view it as almost a way of like caring for myself. Mm-hmm. It, it is. I mean, one of the the notions I always use with my clients is you have to remem- remember the C's. And mm-hmm. there are many C's, but the first three most important C's <laughs> that you have to remind yourself for yourself is that the self is caring, compassionate and curious. Hmm. Your, the self in the sense that you at your core, mm-hmm. without all of the beliefs and without everything else, you are curious, compassionate and caring. And that is for yourself, yeah. as you just described. So it is similar in the sense that that's what we should all be doing. Yeah, It's just sometimes not everybody needs the reparenting element. Some people just need this, um, you know, becoming aware and realizing when it happens yeah and it's also i think a bit of a a direction thing like like a directing Mm. your thoughts do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. but but what i did want to say and hopefully it's all right to say this is like it's a practice yes like it's like speaking from personal experience not necessarily professional like yeah like as someone who's done this a lot like it really is a practice and it's a skill that you have to learn and that only comes from doing it again and again and again and again it it is definitely that's how I started with it. It was a uh, it was homework that I had to do because the approach I I took for for my um, uh, journey of therapy was a, a cognitive behavioral one, and it is about putting things in practice. It, it is about doing your homework, so mm-hmm. to say, and doing your own little experiments to see how those uh, situations or triggers would actually affect you in yeah. real life because. The way that I have seen therapy, and that's how I see it with my clients, is that it's all good and dandy if you're happy in the space when you are in the session. But I want you to be happy outside of Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. And for you to be able to do that, you need to sometimes do something uncomfortable just to see how you are going to feel in that trigger situation and then learn from it. And for me, this particular practice of uh, self-talk was a practice. Yeah. And initially, I took it. I did it for three days and I was like... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went back to my session and she asked me, so are you doing this? And I oh, yeah, you know, I can't really find the time to write down and <laughs> I can't really find the time to know them. And then she says to something very interesting at that moment in time. And she said, how long do you think it took you to get used to saying those things to yourself? And I was like, years, mm. you know. Probably I started when I was tying my shoelaces and I was telling myself you have to do the bow in a certain way. And then I did that with everything else that I've learned. And yeah. then obviously the the um, negative self-talk is to some extent self-taught. Yeah. And then she said, well, how can you expect it that you're going to change it in two days? You've tried. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so after two weeks, 
I went back and she asked me again. Mm-hmm. And how are you doing? I said, yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. Four of these, you know, writing notebooks later, m- more than four, for those of you who are just listening, this like a, an A5 uh, notebook. Yeah. I can I can say that it's it's very clicky. That's yeah. it. I I know when, as you say, self awareness comes in. I know when I'm starting to say something which is catastrophizing a small, little, insignificant situation. Yeah. I'm turning it into oh my god, this is the end of the world. Yeah. I was so bad at this or whatever. And then, you know, the 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 other part of uh, myself, the compassionate, curious, and uh, caring one, comes in and says, yeah, but so what? Mm. What happened? Yeah, I will help you problem solve it. Le- what do you need in this moment in time? What would make you um, feel better in this moment in time? And that's how you start to do the caring piece yeah. that you were mentioning for yourself. Yeah. So that's what I, I <laughs> it was a very long <laughs> answer no, to your no, question. No, it's, it's important. I mean, it's also reminded me that I haven't done my homework for my therapist. Sorry, therapist. Uh, <laughs> that's tonight's job for tomorrow. <laughs> Um, no, but in all seriousness, like, yeah, it absolutely, I think, is a is a practice. And, and I think, you know, one thing I, I, I'm, I don't know if you're going on to this, so mm. so we can, you know, uh, it's, you know, we'll, we'll do it whatever way makes sense to you. But I'm kind of curious about how you apply this to clients that, that you see mm. and how that works, especially when it comes to habit change. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. So... Awareness is important no matter what you're trying to address. That I would say that as a blanket. Sorry, can I make one more? Yes. I remembered what I was going to say now. I don't yes. know how you feel about this, but <clears throat> I find with me, like, when you're starting out on these, like, self-improvement or, like, you know, kind of, like, self-development things that I prefer to call them as and, like, you're, tr- you're trying to learn to be kinder to yourself, it can feel really disingenuous and really uncomfortable. Mm. But what I found now is, whereas before I used to just really resist it because I just did not want to feel good about myself, I find now that I'm, like, I'll just fake it till I make it. Mm. So, like, even if I don't necessarily feel it's, like, totally genuine, if I just start practising it anyway, it will come naturally like mm-hmm, do you, mm-hmm. do you, is that a fair assessment of how it sometimes works for clients it, it, it for sure it depends on you know I- each of us are individual and our personalities and things but it, it is uh sometimes fake it till you make it but it's not so much faking it it's uh, more of um be doubtful about it until you realize yeah. it's <coughs> actually working for you because you're not really f- uh, you well, it depends how you look at it, but you you could think in your mind that you're faking something, but I would just insist on saying, well, you're making some sort of progress, some sort of step. No, totally. And it is yeah. uncomfortable. Yes. And if you come from a lifetime of looking in the mirror and going, oh, foof. Yeah. Look at you now. Yeah. And then you have to start saying nice things to yourself in the mirror. At the beginning, it feels bloody uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're thinking, oh my God, why am I looking at myself saying I have a beautiful face? Oh, screw that. I don't believe it. Yeah. But that is where the doubt comes in from whomever is trying to guide you on this journey. Even if you're trying to guide yourself without any external help, it is exactly the same way you've learned to be unkind to yourself and Mm -hmm. it took practice and time that Mm -hmm. you did it over time it takes practice and time to become kind to yourself it's not an on and off switch unfortunately and that's what i i i tell people just stick with it just try it but really try it for two weeks 
Yeah. And beyond trying, just do it. Because in, in therapy, probably you know this very well, as soon as you say, I'm going to try, well, three quarters of your brain is like, screw that. We're not going to do it. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely been resistant at times. Put it that way. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the words that I tend to ban from the sessions. Whenever I hear a client saying, I'm going to try this. I'm like, no. You either do it or, <laughs> or you, you don't. don't. Yeah, that's fair. You either say, I'm I'm going to practice it and see how it feels for me, or you're just going to tell me, no, this doesn't feel you know genuine to myself and I'm not going to entertain it. Because this trying piece is almost like a little um, play yeah. your mind does on yourself. Because as soon as it hears, like, I'm going to try, it's like, oh, come on. We've already decided it's not gonna work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you're you're setting yourself up for n- not success, but mm. not necessarily failure, but resistance yeah. or potentially a longer journey. But coming uh, coming back to what I tend to say to people whenever they say, "Oh, I'm not really aware," or they don't even tell me I'm not aware of my thoughts, mm. I'm not aware of my inner uh, voice. I just ask them to become aware. Okay, and that is a practice in itself. So you have to just listen. As I was saying at the beginning of this episode, whenever you talk to yourself, you're always listening. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you're always aware that you're listening. So the element of awareness comes into when you're really realizing what you're saying. Yeah. And you become aware of those words. And at the beginning, you can't really change them. Mm-hmm. Because if they are negative, immediately you would think, oh, I have to be positive. But then pop culture is like this whole false positivity where everything is, you know, unicorns and honeybees. It's like, no, 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 no. Because you you cannot deny what you're saying to yourself. Yeah. You can accept it, sit with it, as you were saying, Mm. and then sort out and then ask yourself, really, where is the... What I always say to people is, A, become aware. Mm -hmm. As soon as you're aware, ask yourself, where is the proof? Yeah, evidence is a really big thing that I had to learn when I was severely anxious. Um, my psychiatrist would actually say to me, yeah, but what evidence do you have of this? Mm. And I had none. I had none. And I still use that. So it's actually a great little phrase, I think, to have in the back of your pocket when you're really struggling. What evidence do you have that the worst thing in the world is going to happen? Chances are you have very little to none. Exactly. Or what is what is the evidence that you are going to fail at I don't know, this exam. Yes, if you failed 3,000 exams before, you could say, oh, but I have evidence. But then I will ask you, where was your mind at those other 3,000 exams? Is it the same, is it, is is it the the same, same exam? Is it the same exam? Is it the same scenario? Are you wiser, more you know, mature than you were then? And many variables can change. Mm-hmm. But most pro- most times, people come in and say, I am bad. Mm-hmm. or I am, I don't know, a horrible person or something like that. They link it to the I am. Yeah. They don't link it to I have done something bad. Yeah. Which is completely different. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is where, again, the awareness comes in. And then if you did do something bad and you have the evidence to prove it, then I would ask, where is the evidence that you are bad? Did you mm. do it with uh, you know, bad intentions? Yeah. Did you do it on purpose? Did you trip Mira down the stairs because you wanted her to suffer? Because that's a whole different scenario. But I'm assuming all of you listening are very kind, loving people that you know need sometimes some pointers in life. And um, after you've become aware, you find the evidence, if there is one. Um, 
probably 90% sure there is no evidence. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever you're thinking, and it's not as bad as you're thinking it is, but it's still valid. It is a valid feeling, it's a valid action, it's a valid thought, and you have to accept it. You don't just, oh, it's not valid, therefore I'm wrong. I think it's very hard to push those thoughts aside. Um, no, you shouldn't push them aside. But that's the point. That's why it's just easier. It, it's easier and it's it's more helpful, I think, to just accept them, but then also say, okay, but, or like, that might be true. Yeah, like that might be true. But actually, have you also considered X, Y, Z? And yeah, you just, whether you do that with somebody else, like it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be your friend who has, who's able to see mm-hmm. the whole of you in a way that you can't. Yes, and that's the, that's a, a, an, another very important piece is that when you are in the thick of it and you yourself and yourself are having this conversation and you're not very kind to yourself, it's very easy to fall in that trap because you just see one smidget. Mm. But when you go out, as you say, when you're outside of that situation, you can see all of the facets. So a good... A friend that can is a good listener can also help you understand that you are making you know maybe too big of a scenario out of something very very tiny. Mm. However, what one thing I want to stress in here, guys, is that if it is very very huge for you and for somebody else it's extremely minute, tiny, the smallest speck of dust, that doesn't mean that whatever you're feeling or thinking is invalid. Mm-hmm. Because you you have your own reasons to think that. You have your own reasons to say that to yourself. So what I'm trying to say is that you become aware of it. Somebody gives gives you their perspective if you're going to your friend, a therapist or whatever. And then what you have to do is you with yourself have to sit and assess and reassure yourself that it is okay to feel whatever you're feeling. It is okay to think whatever you're thinking. However, it is not helpful. Yeah. Because it comes back to that, you know, theme of helpful versus unhelpful. And as soon as you realize for you, it's not helpful to think that I'm bad, you will want to problem solve and you will want to replace that with something that becomes more helpful for you. Yeah. Because that is just in our human nature. We, We want it to be in some, yeah, sometimes we are, you know, self deprecating and we get a very weird twisted pleasure out of that but normally we want to be okay yeah (laughs) we want to be in a happier state we want to be more joyful we don't really want to be at the bottom yeah bottom yeah so that's why it's just this element of reassuring yourself and let's just say very quickly few steps to start this practice if you are interested first be aware of your thoughts become aware of them can I just quickly, like, in terms of how you become aware, is it, like, you, what you did in terms of, like, writing things down, is that quite helpful? Like, or is it just trying to sit with your thoughts? It is trying to sit with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, um, for some people, meditation does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindfulness as well, becoming more in the present moment. And awareness, it should be something in the back of my, all of our minds whenever something happens. And predominantly when something happens that we didn't want to happen. And that is when you have to almost almost have like in the back of your head, if this horrible scenario happens, then I need to you know, have a, like a, a light bulb moment that 
I'm in the thick of it, but I need to realize that I am in the thick of it and realize what are my thoughts in the thick of it. Yeah. So it is a practice in the sense that you need to start listening to yourself yeah. and listen. When you're doing your chores around the house and you're talking to yourself, when you're on the phone and in the back of your mind you're thinking, oh my God, this woman can't shut up. Those kinds of things, you become aware slowly, slowly, slowly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of everything every day. It's yeah. like you're dialing up. The and volume, then at, yeah. Yeah, the volume. And then at some point you'll be like, ah, I just said to myself that I'm whatever despicable human. Hmm, why did I say that to myself? And yeah. become your best friend. But it takes practice and it takes this doubt in the back of your head that at some point you need to listen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I, I think for me, like, uh, yeah, I think it's a case of, I think it's interesting you bring up meditation and mindfulness because the way that I see them working is that they also help you put space between your thoughts and certainly the judgment that you put against them because you slowly start to realize that the self-talk that's not helpful is just self-talk. It's not fact. Mm. And it's like, mm. it's actually one version of a truth. Um, and so you, in doing those kinds of exercises, you just learn to just witness what's going on rather than really bite mm -hmm, into mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think that's a kind of key to the awareness piece is just knowing that it, it's like trains on the track. They kind of just go past. That's what awareness is. You don't interfere. You yeah. just realize it happened. So you, uh, some people um, prefer to think of themselves or their thoughts in third person. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, Mira just said... X, but it's like you. But I'm own. thinking that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, Denise just thought that she's bad. Oh, it's like some people like to have the distance, yeah. as you mentioned. Others, similar maybe to me, they they don't have that uh, distance so much in terms of language, the mm. way they they use language for themselves. But they still become aware slowly by practicing to become aware. Because awareness, what does awareness mean? Is that you're aware in that particular moment when something has happened. Yeah. That's what it is. You don't you don't interfere with it. You don't necessarily change it. You just oh, just just happened. Yeah. Oh, that thought, that train just passed through my train station in my mind thinking, "Woo." Yeah. Oh, why did I do that? And then you start questioning it. Yeah, I think for me like uh you know, what I've often heard I can only speak from the perspective of therapy, but like uh what you can often do end up doing is internalizing your therapist's voice and actually actually a sign that you're healing mm. so i think after the whole awareness piece and self-talk when you get to a point where you can actually start to have the other perspectives on the same situation where it's like okay maybe i'm not a fail like i'm not a failure maybe that was just a bad circumstance because it you know something else happened in the universe that just meant it wasn't your day that day mm -hmm. whatever it is right like let's just like you failed a test well maybe you've gotten really bad sleep for the week before and it massively affected your performance and you know that's Absolutely. out of your control really um and i think the way that i have learned to do that is because i'm i'm in my mind i'm always like well what would my therapist say or what would your best friend say or what would your best yeah exactly it doesn't have to be a therapist it yes. can be someone that thinks the world of you and yes that, and that's uh yeah and and but that only comes once you have the self-awareness that you're having certain thoughts 
then you it's kind of like a step process you, you're aware you're having the thoughts you learn to put space and then you learn to put, apply the other perspective yes and it's bit building those layers it takes time it takes effort but it's definitely well worth it absolutely and what i wanted to say is that not only what we say to ourselves matter it's also how we say it to ourselves so they've done a recent study um and the name of the study is uh, self-talk as a regulatory mechanism how you do it matters and um out of the study what it came out is that not only what we say to ourselves is important because remember we are always listening but how we express it and how we manipulate language to say it to ourselves also plays a role okay because it's one thing to go around the house and think oh i'm bad mm. and another one is to go oh, i'm bad i'm just this horrible you know it's the tone and all it, of the that kind tone of thing. the intonation mm. the uh, feelings you attach to it it's it's extremely important and circling back to what you can do in this stepped approach a becoming aware b you know trying to uh, reassure yourself that it's okay to have these feelings and then treat yourself like your own your own therapist or your own best, best friend, friend. Yeah. that that is where also the change happens because you cannot continue to think the same things about yourself and say the same things about yourself if you use the other perspective it's just naturally changing. Yeah, it is. And I think it just uh, putting it back to like our day jobs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh I think was the the reason that self-talk is so important in what Denise and I do is it can be really difficult to think that you've got agency to change things in your life. So whether it's like uh perhaps having a more brain-friendly diet or, you know, feeling like you've got the ability to, like, improve your sleep habits Mm. or whatever it is, right? If your self-talk is super negative and, like, I can't do this, I, you know, I'm going to fail and all these things, it's it unfortunately sets you up to either not even try, which I've definitely been guilty of in the past, um, it sets you up to really hate the process of change Mm -hmm. because you think you can't do it because you think it's rubbish because it's not going to achieve anything and it just makes the process of like feeling well and happy in yourself much much more difficult so the reason that you know having this self-awareness and learning to have space is that it gives it helps you build your own confidence that if you are not happy with a certain situation if it pertains to your health whether it's you'd want to improve your diet or take up more exercise or improve your sleep all these things you need to have that space in between the thoughts that are going to discourage you from making those changes so you can have the ones that will help you change yes yes exactly and the the number one step i would say with uh, with people who are you know finding themselves not in their ideal scenarios or in their driver's seat of their lives as as i call it is to so doubt mm-hmm. whatever is at this moment doesn't have to be forever no and it's it's i think the interesting thing about the doubt piece is like it's also the fact that what you think is just one version of the truth like like that's something that i've really begun to understand in the last few years and like i've seen it with friends who've who've perhaps struggled emotionally at points um yeah, it's re- guys. It's one version of the truth, and it doesn't actually mean that it's the truth in, its no. in and of itself. Um, no, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you know, um, 
portray what the reality is going to be like forever. So it, what I'm trying to say is that if today you, dear listener, are having a really crappy day and for whatever strange reason you decided to listen to this episode, I'm very happy you're here. Me too. And secondly, I would like you to know that whatever it is now, there is a way to change. Maybe not drastically, maybe not radically, because, you know, there could be many, many uh, facets involved. It can be, you know, health and uh, medical issues and whatever else. But there is always the chance to do something, even if it is as tiny as washing the dishes, that will change your reality for that particular moment in time. So whatever is at this moment try to see and problem solve for yourself with with external help if you need it and if you can if you can you know access it is that it can be different mm-hmm. and i think this maybe statement is even more so relevant for people who are really struggling in their relationships and they just imagine that whomever is the partner that's it we're set for life mm-hmm. doesn't always have to be like that I, I had a, a sorry sideway. I had a, a recent client who was really struggling in his relationship, and he was of the belief that that's it, this is it for forever. I will live forty five years being very unhappy. Right. And sowing doubt is always, you know, important. Yeah, I think um, you know the temptation, like with a lot of like thought biases we have, is that things can't change or that change is too difficult and it's going to fail or it's not going to happen or whatever and and uh, and again one that's one version of the truth that might not actually be true but two like change like it doesn't have to be huge like mm. it's not like tomorrow we are expecting you to think the world of yourself and that your the sun shine, shines out of your backside um i've been doing therapy for years and i still don't think that but what is hell me no unicorns no unicorns <laughs> um but you know i think you know in what denise is saying is like it, it really is a stepwise process and and if today in the crappiest of crap days you manage to wash dishes that's still a massive win yes and it's learning to have that you know, and here's a great example, right? Because you can look at that in two ways. You can think, oh my God, today was so awful and all I've managed to do is wash the dishes. Mm. That's one way of saying it. And then you're like, or the other way of saying it is, oh my God, today was terrible. I felt awful, but I still managed to wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. Two completely different things. Absolutely. And then if you throw at the end of that do- action, if you throw in, well done me, oof, I applaud you. <laughs> Wherever you are, <laughs> I applaud you. Absolutely. Because we are set to uh, only recognize the huge wins. I uh, finished my master's, uh, I don't know, I had a baby, whatever. You only celebrate the big wins. No, 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 no. We celebrate everything. Mm -hmm. We celebrate the fact that we are here in this studio, alive and well, and, you know, we are having a joyous moment. That is a celebration in itself. And that is what, as Mira was saying, every little thing matters and counts and if that is the one thing that you managed to do today well done you yeah great yeah great great we got to the end we solved <laughs> we solved everyone's problems Job uh, done. no no <laughs> i know so just 
I just wanted to do a very short recap. You know, we don't necessarily tend to do recaps because, you know, we have a free-flowing conversation, Mira and I, and we're trying to take you uh, with us on the journey. But for today, I would really, really like to leave you with two things. First is be careful what you say to yourself. You're always listening. And second is if you take only one thing from today, please treat yourself with curiosity, compassion and care. The three C's. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Denise. This was awesome. Thank you, Mira, as well. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for uh, listening to us and viewing us on YouTube. We are very excited to to have you. And uh, yeah, like us, follow us, share whatever you know Get you would touch like with us. If you want, uh, ask us a question, uh, whatever. We're yeah. here for you. Yes, exactly. We are here for you, not just because we like a fancy podcast studio <laughs> and the sound of our own voices <laughs> oh god <laughs> um, well we're on that delightful note guys we'll love you and leave you and we'll speak to you very soon yes take care bye